Meanwhile, a long time ago, in Mystique and Destiny's Arts and Crafts room. Oh, oh my goodness. Oh. Irene, I have to tell you, last tell night was you amazing. I was amazing. Sorry, I can't help it. I must say, I hope we didn't wake Rogue up. Wake Rogue up. Sorry, I just can't help but complete your sentences. Irene, I told you not to do that, to any, do that anymore. Anymore. Okay. anymore. All right, all right. So what should we do today? Oh, well, we're going to have a barbecue in the park. Destiny, I told you, I, my stomach isn't feeling good and I can't eat... Can't eat... Meat, meat right now. Right now. Sorry. Irene, you're telling me you saw the future and that we are eating, going to a bar. You're going to force me to eat this meat? Yes, you're making pork ribs. You love them. You're delicious. You insist on putting honey mustard on them. I think it's disgusting, but I try it and then I like it. Oh, fine. Well... Just to let you know, I've been having a blonde day today. I've decided to be blonde today. Not that you... It doesn't... I can't see. I know you can't see. It doesn't matter. That's why I had to say it out loud. Say it out loud. <sighs> Sorry. Irene, I think we need to talk. Yes, we do talk in three, two, one. What is it? This is not working out. You're driving me insane. You go to a bar. You have a few... Cosmos, you come back and apologize within hours. Ugh. I just have to say, I it's, just have to say, it's it's sorry. difficult to have a fight with you. And you scream in three, two, one. Stop telling me what I'm going to do! All right, get out. Fine, I'm going to leave. I'm going to leave, and I'm going to go murder and some people. Go through some people, Miss D- Raven. No. Well, look, do I murder people or not? You're the... You're the no. Uh, I will. I'm going to. Don't tell me I'm not going to. I will. Oh, now you are. Because I said you weren't. Now you are. What? Well, now I'm not going well, I, to. She's going to. Sorry. Oh, Jesus. Oh, crap. It's Rogue. It's Rogue. Hi, Sugar. Hi, Mama. Hi, Irene. Are y'all fighting Hello, child. again? Are y'all fighting y- again? No, child. No. Your, your mother was just on her way out. Um, I think um, I have a new plan to destroy the X-Men. What do you think about it, Irene? You're going to become good. What? All right, that is enough. I can't take this anymore, Irene. I think here's your walking cane and get out. Get out, sorry. You said it after me. All right, goodbye. If you need me, well, well, I don't know where I'll be. No, wait a minute, Irene, don't go. I still love you. But you knew that, didn't you? I know. Oh. oh, gross. You guys are going to do cunnilingus again. I'm going to leave. We're lesbians. Lesbians. Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 133 of Comic Book Queer's Legacy. I am your host, Brett. That was an in-canon scene from Mystique and Destiny's past, and with me as always is Evil Jeff. Hi, yes, it's in-canon. That act, that Every word of that actually happened. Evil Jeff, we have been focusing on so many gay icons lately. Yes. In comic books, in X-Men, really. Yes, we have. Um, not only gay icons, but also the, the fag hags as well. Yes, gay icons and the straight women who love them. But we have no time for straight women, not anymore. No. It's time for, as Kristen Wiig said in Bridesmaids, lesbians! Lesbians! <laughs> we have been focusing so much on our gay male counterparts on Krakoa that we think it's high time to focus on some lesbians. Yes, or gay women. Some some gay women do not like the term lesbian. They like gay women. Like and Ellen. I don't understand. Ellen likes to be called gay and not a lesbian. Ellen is the Antichrist and has no business 
saying anything well it's about all coming being a homosexual. To, it's, all, it's so funny like i've heard for years from because I, I have two friends that worked on her show about what a monster she is she's a monster but that's the thing is like but this is literally for like 10 years i've heard the stories of her being a monster really and now yes yes i mean this was like 10 years ago when i heard like where she sent someone home because she felt he she could smell him and he needed to take a shower like she's crazy but um and then she has like a bowl of gum in the front where you have to, whenever you go to talk to her, you have to take a stick of gum and put it in your mouth because she doesn't, because she just assumes everyone has bad breath. Anyway, um, oh my God. You are not allowed to ever cough or open your mouth too wide in front of her. She's, she's nuts. But um, now it's all coming home to roost because all these, it's all coming out of the woodworks about what a, what a bitch she is. And apparently she's not handling it very well. Yeah, somebody. Someone I follow mysteriously tweeted, and it's got like so many thousand likes. I have information on Ellen that could get her arrested. <laughs> like, oh my god! <laughs> what the hell? I don't. I don't probably know. About a Portia de Rossi is kept in a cage when she comes. Probably. Home every night. Um, all right. Well, we're not here to talk about the one monster lesbian that exists. Well, we're here to thing, talk about all the other ones. But because I mean, if we have to admit it. When you have, if you take like the idea of like a gay man, a straight man, a gay woman, a straight woman, I think gay woman is like the the best, right? How so? I mean, yeah, but... I think they're the most superior because they just, they don't have to, because they're self-sufficient, they know what they want, and they don't, and they know, they don't have to put up with man's bullshit. Thank God. Can you imagine having to put up with girls' bullshit? It's so much better for lesbians i mean i'm thankful i don't have to put up with women's bullshit yeah men's bullshit is so much worse yeah and lesbians don't have to put up with that but i will say during the course of this episode we may dive into some lesbian stereotypes and we may even say the word dyke a few times and i would just say just roll with it we love could we have may we have permission to use the word dyke it just makes it more fun it just makes talking about it more fun so we're just going to be saying dyke a lot okay yeah i feel once you're gay you you get we're allowed to say that word we say the f word on the show all the time yes we're we're claiming it, just like uh, Safe Space and Snowflake on the New Warriors. We are <laughs> taking it back. Um, so I think it's it's a good time to talk about this because I think right now it is very trendy. Oh, lesbians are so hot right now, lesbian, especially, especially in geekdom. Superhero, in, in geekdom and superhero world. I think it all started with Willow from Buffy, paved the Thank way. You. Thank you, Willow. Um, but right now... Um, Brett got me into the Harley Quinn show, mm-hmm. and uh, and in the last uh, two is the last two episodes. Yeah, spoilers. Uh, spoilers. Last two episodes, Harley um, realizes that she's in love with Poison Ivy, uh, which is amazing. I love it. I love I it. I love it. Especially since so much of the show focuses on their relationship and how much they care about each other. And how much they love being around each other and how much they get each other. I mean, of course, it's going to be a little romantic. In the heat of a moment, they kissed. They shared a kiss. And it got real weird after that because Poison Ivy is engaged to Kite Man. Um, And they're working through it. But it's pretty clear that their feelings for each other are pretty real. Yeah. And that's pretty great. But Poison Ivy really does love Kite Man, too. So, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. And then Harley Quinn was so in denial with her feelings that she went on a villainous like murder rampage. She became like an, an a herald of dark side with her own <laughs> because she parademon couldn't deal army. with her burgeoning lesbianism. She was so angry. She had to go to Apocalypse to deal with it. And uh, I love this version of Granny Goodness. Oh, yeah. I was thinking about you when I watched it. I was like, oh, there was a time where Evil Jeff had no idea who Granny Goodness was and no, just I could not get I mean, his head around the concept. A, did you, do you watch the Justice, the, Young Justice, the cartoon? No, but oh, she's a big part of it's it. Really, oh, she's a huge part of it. Because she plays like, uh, it's almost like she's like this uh, spokesperson where it's like, Granny's cereal. So she like has this like, oh, gosh, Grandmother Barbara Bush type of vibe. Yeah. But then yeah. behind the scenes, she's like, Bleh. 
all dominatrix I wish, crazy. You know who I wish was still alive, if I can date myself who? for a second? Because I think she would play the best Granny Goodness. Barbara Bush. Yes. And <laughs> Martha Ray. Remember Martha Ray? Martha Ray, yeah. Huh. That'd be great. <laughs> that's kind oh, well. of... Well, that's who you went to for Granny Goodness. All right, lesbians. Lesbians. Oh, Shira. We forgot about Shira. Shira, who spoilers after five seasons, I believe. Is it five seasons already? Is it five seasons? I think it is. Are they short seasons? I don't know. Actually, oh I haven't watched God. But when well, she she's finally with... met her and Katra. Katra. Yeah. Of course, Katra's a lesbian. She's named after Pussy. Come on. Oh. Great. Isn't Legend of Korra? Isn't she a lesbian in that too? Let's say yes. Let's say yes to all main characters turning out to embrace their lesbian side. Yeah. It's a thing. We love to see it. I love All right, it. but we are here to talk specifically about the lesbians on the Isle of Lesbo. I'm just kidding. Krakoa. X-Dykes. The X-Dykes. Yes. Um, and let's go, if we had to go chronologically in, chronologically, um, I think the very first ones are Mystique and Destiny. I mean, we're talking turn of the century. 1900 that is and even published publication wise yeah even subtextually but pretty clearly but here's the thing that i want to talk about is do you what how do, do you was mystique mystique first showed up do you know where she first showed up in ms marvel yes i never realized this I always assumed, and this is me being dumb, even though I've read most of it, I forgot Mystique and Magneto were never on the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants at the same time. Together. Right. And I just... She had hers, he had his. I know, right? And for some reason in my brain, I'm like, that is right. They... No, like, she did not show up in the X-Men comics until Days of Future Past. Mm -hmm. And that's the first appearance of Irene. And then they show up later in, like, Dazzler and other things. But, yeah, Mystique was originally just a Ms. Marvel villain. Isn't that kind Didn't of crazy? Didn't she beat... She beat Ms. Marvel's boyfriend at the time to death while disguised as Ms. Marvel. So he thinks that Carol Danvers, the love of his life, beat him to death. Yeah, she's... She's, she's a... She's yeah. pretty bad. Yeah. She's a villain. <laughs> oh, but she sure does love that Irene Adler. Now, when Chris Claremont, do you know this, Brett? What was Chris Claremont's original intentions with Mystique? Did he originally write her as a lesbian? No. Wrong. <gasps> he had always intended for him and Irene to be together. Because he invented her. Well, someone else kind of drew her, but he decided to use her because of her blue skin. He always wanted her to be Nightcrawler's father. And Destiny was going to be the mother. Wow. That was from day one. That's what Chris Claremont wanted to do, which I think is amazing. Amazing. (laughs) But do you know why they did not do this? Society? Sort of. It's something called (laughs) the CCA. Do you remember how it always said approved by the Comics Code Authority? Oh, I'm familiar with the Comics Code Authority. Yes. Um, The Comic Code Authority. Have you ever read the rules of the Comic Code Authority? This is starting in the 50s. Marvel adhered to the Comic Code Authority. It's a response to Batman and Robin. Until 2001. Fuck you. And DC followed it until 2011. Oh, that makes a lot of sense. What? So here's the other thing. Wait, what What happened with Batman and Robin that they made, that they started the CC? Why? What happened? In the 50s, everyone it just got, it, they got accused of being homosexuals. Really? Yeah. Oh my, this that's is the all reason? From, oh my oh God. Yes. Well, here, there is thing. 
here's some of some of the rules. All scenes of horror, excessive bloodshed, gory, or gruesome grimes, depravity, lust, sadism, masochism shall not be permitted. Okay, uh, Jean Grey's Black Queen. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. I guess that got past them. All lurid, unsavory, gruesome illustrations shall be eliminated. There's also things like, if crime is depicted, it shall be a sordid and unpleasant. Policemen, judges, and government officials and respected institutions shall never be presented in such a way as to create disrespect for the established authority. Um, in every instance, good shall triumph over evil, and the criminal is punished for their misdeeds. Um, here's the thing here. Listen to this. Illicit sex relations are neither to be hinted at or portrayed. Rape scenes, as well as, here it is, sexual abnormalities are acceptable. Hey, that's me! Seduction and rape shall never be suggested. Sex perversion or any inference to same to the same is strictly forbidden. So, literally, if you wanted to make a superhero comic, it was against the rules to have yeah. anyone gay. And just a little backup, Evil Jeff, this is from... This is because there was a book written by an American psychiatrist named Frederick Wortham in 1954 called Seduction of the Innocent that was all about, or, or included, comic books and the need for censorship because of Batman and Robin being gay partners, Wonder Woman um, being a bondage character, yeah. um, Superman being um, a fascist. These were all, like, so somebody just wrote a book that was very popular, and it led to the CCA. And it's just insane to me that that is why, because it wasn't until 2001 that they disbanded it, and you'll kind of notice things like the X-Force comic, that could never be, or the Marvel Knights, like those things could have never existed. Think about, now, think about why Watchmen is such an icon. This is why. Yeah. Because Watchmen was like, eh, I'm going to do all those things. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And that's the other thing. Why did North Star, why did he, he could say he was gay, but he could never have a relationship. Yeah. Like that's as far as they could push the envelope is him just uttering that he's a homosexual. That was like as far as it could go, which was so strange because uh, I find the irony in it, or I don't know if irony is the right word. And maybe it's Alanis Morissette irony. um, How at the same time, Doug Savant who played the gay character on Melrose Place. Do you remember that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He also, um, his only plot lines, he never really got a relationship. And the only relationship he ever got was with a car- was with a guy, and then it turns out he had AIDS. And then, they, mm-hmm. and then he, like, went into the hospital. <laughs> so it's so funny how the only plot lines that gay people are allowed to have involved AIDS. It was like, just remember, they have AIDS. Yeah, uh, remember. So that's yep. so that's the whole thing is Dest like, but Chris Claremont, much like Renaissance painters, back in their time, like trying to appease the church, but always secretly slipping in their little hidden agendas in their paintings. Chris mm-hmm. Claremont, it says not even hinted at. Oh, but he hinted, he hinted. Fucking Destiny and Mystique are living together, raising Rogue together. Come on. Yeah. Come I mean, on. They're very they're very explicit about how much they care for one another. This is my in their roommate. Early... Yeah. That was the thing. Back in the back in the 70s and 80s, every lesbians they just had roommates. Well, we're going to talk about another character later who is known for forming intensely emotional relationships with her roommates. Yeah. Yeah. Mystique and Destiny are no different. And I would say um uh what do you like about Mystique and Destiny? They're genuine. Um, they. They're genuine. The rapper <laughs> genuine. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're bona fide. Like I mean their their love for one another is nothing but authentic. Um, they they would never like they would never purposefully screw each other over. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they are in it for one another, and they always have been. Um, and I also like that they met according to my research, uh, because Irene hired Raven to help her interpret her diaries. Raven was a detective at the time. 
And so their whole relationship was centered around and steeped in the future and understanding the future and shaping the future. Um, so they've always been devoted to that mission and to each other. That's what I like about them. Here's the one thing, though, is I feel like des- the problem with Destiny, which in later, I guess in, in the, the latest run of when we saw in a, um, House of X, she has, I always felt she had short-term precognition. Yep, yep, no. Where later it shows that she does have like long-term precognition. The one thing that bothers me with that, and here I found like, because I was reading uh, Days of Future Past again, the whole entire thing is, is Destiny is like, we have to do this, this, and this, but she doesn't see that their actions actually make everything worse. Yeah, yeah. Which I always found kind of strange. But yeah, that is weird. But whatever. Destiny and Irene. <laughs> oh, that's the same person. And Mystique. Mystique and Destiny. I also like, um, it's just weird that then they're like raising a child together. Um, yeah. And, uh, but it's, uh, Mystique is a, also a very conflicted character because depending on who's writing her, she goes back and forth from having a conscience to not having a conscience yeah like i kind of loved the run what's the run who wrote the x-men legacy run uh which run well what's the one the x one about Iceman and where she she forms the new brotherhood of evil mutants with Sabretooth and lady mastermind and where she's like infiltrates the X-Men with Rogue and Iceman and Cannonball. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the um, Rogue's team with Cannonball and Iceman. Mystique and... is like some hardcore evil in that. Yeah, I mean, she turns out, they show her like her good side, but it turns out that she um, is betraying them along the whole with time. Yeah. Lady Mastermind and Sabretooth um, on behalf of Sinister. Yeah, so she's, but whereas, like, when she was kind of on the Freedom Force, she was a lot more, uh, she was still, like, like more of a conflicted villain. Like, you know, like, she definitely, like, they showed more her love for Destiny. And I like to think of it as, once Destiny died, she had no reason, and she lost Rogue to the X-Men, she had no reason to be good anymore. Yeah, exactly. And like, so that now was her she's heart, like, right? I'm just going to be full-on crazy evil. I remember the first time, so we're reading, you know, post Fall of the Mutants, post Inferno, uh, X-Men, and the, the Murai Island saga with the Shadow King, and this is where Destiny is killed by Legion. And I think it was the first time I remember being like, oh, hold up, was when Destiny died and Mystique reacts. Um, and I knew, like, you know, they're always like, I love her, I love her. But when... She dies, like, um, Mystique screams, and somebody says a line like, I've never heard anything like that scream before, not even in war. And I was like, oh, she really... Doesn't she she carry her body off? Yeah. Yeah. What's that line in The Golden Girls where Blanche meets up with her former nanny, who's played by Ruby Dee? And Ruby Dee came for Big Daddy's music box Mm -hmm. after Big Daddy had just died. Yeah. And... Blanche would not give her the music box, and Ruby D says, "Blanche, I loved your father." <laughs> no, I loved no. your father. She's like everybody loved Big Daddy. She goes, "No, Blanche, I loved your father." <laughs> That's impossible. Big Daddy was a Republican, um, but that was when I was like, "Oh, Mystique doesn't love Destiny. She loves Destiny." You know, I was in a production of that episode. <laughs> You were in a production of that episode? Yeah, there was a thing called Golden Girls Live where these three big drag queens would, of these four drag queens would do episodes of the Golden Girls. Oh my God, I think they meant like in a school play. No, and then they had, and then, no, and they did that, that episode of uh, the Big Daddy and the Nanny and the Music Box. <laughs> Incredible. Anyway, um, yeah, I love me some... Some mystique and There's, destiny. I did find some contradicting um, writing about their origin. Okay. So Chris Claremont in um, Extreme X-Men wrote that Irene had all these visions. She wrote the diaries and she 
hired a detective named Raven Darkholm to help her interpret what was all a chicken scratch and code and pictograms. And they cut back to that. It's very much turn of the century. And Raven is has her blue skin, but she's wearing like a safari hat, like a jaunty man's hat and like a jaunty man's suit. She's wearing a man's suit. I was like, oh, my God. Mm-hmm. Lesbian chic. Like, she looks so good, and she's such a lesbian. Then I was flipping through Chaos War, like that horrible event that happened in Marvel. Like, the Chaos King was raising the dead. and When did that this happen? Very, um, oh, God. Uh, I should have that information. Um, it happened like in 2010. Oh, 2010. 2010. Okay. Yeah. And so there's just like two issue series and it's written by Louise Simonson and Chris Claremont, but it kind of contradicts. It says that um, Destiny was with a man named Eric Raven and that man turned out to be Mystique. So uh, maybe that was just like their public face. I don't know. Maybe that's what that was, but. Like, it was very much a non-heterosexual relationship yeah. when it started, according to Extreme X-Men. Yeah. It wasn't like, hey, your husband's really a lady, which is kind of what Chaos War suggests. But then again, Chaos War, I don't count it because it takes place in the afterlife, and one of the characters is Moira McTaggart. Oh, right. So, no, oh, you yeah. don't count. Yeah, that whole thing is just, we're, we're saying, forget it. We're saying forget it for that. <sighs> but, I mean, yeah, like, they're really... So a lot of these episodes we've been doing is the search for subtext. Iceman, we were looking for subtext. Um, even North Star. But Destiny and Mystique, like, I think it was always, always, always more than subtext. Well, it's well. the thing is, Iceman, we're looking for subtext that the writers weren't aware that they were putting in. Right, right, Where right. Where this, right. the writers, Chris Claremont, was aware he was putting it in. Yeah, I think absolutely. that's the difference. Um, should we move on to another lesbian? Yeah, what other lesbians are out there? I think the other most prominent ex-lesbian... Um, would be comma 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 chameleon karma karma so karma was always kind of and i will say like reading the early issues of the new mutants for even though chris claremont created her i feel like he never really got the hang of i felt like he was bored with her powers yeah and he kind of just got rid of her pretty quickly yeah. And she did not come back until she got possessed by the Shadow King and then became fat. <laughs> I just feel like you talk about that so much. Why? Why? Because it's because when, when a character becomes 400 pounds, I think... It's a big deal. I think it's a big deal. And that reminds me of... Uh, lesbian bed death. Have you ever heard of lesbian bed death? <laughs> uh, yeah, we did a sketch about it when I was in Geico. It's where when lesbians, they after a certain amount of time of being together, they're so comfortable, they just stop having sex and gain a bunch of weight because all they do is just eat and watch TV. Yeah. Um, so this was karma's lesbian bed death, except without <laughs> a couple. Except without, yeah. Um, uh, but then she lost the weight in the Asgardian Wars. Um, and then, uh, and then she still like, just like, wasn't part of anything. When did she actually come out? She came out, um, it's, we started to be like, is Shan a lesbian around X-Force 75 where Adam Polina took over as the artist and we got like, boom, boom became meltdown and they were wearing those like purple and yellow outfits and Warpath had short hair. It was around then. She met up with them. I like that run, too. She met up with them at Burning Man and was like, Hey, guys, I have new short pink hair, and I'm living with a lesbian couple in the village. And everyone was like, oh. Did she say, I'm living with a lesbian couple? I'm living with with two... I think she does say a lesbian couple, yeah. That's so funny. Mm -hmm. Um, So this is her, like, experimenting. This reminds me, I've been going through the... Community just came on Netflix. 
Mm-hmm. And I've been uh, rewatching it. And there's one episode where it has the girl. Did you ever watch the OA? That dumb angel. No, the dancing thing. No. Yeah. Uh, the star of that, she's a guest star, and she plays this lesbian, and Britta, the character, you've seen Community, right? Yeah, yeah. But there's a whole thing where Britta's like, I'm friends with this new girl, and she's a lesbian. Yes, that's right. I'm friends with a lesbian. And then later <laughs> on, Annie runs into the lesbian's friend, and she's like, oh, my friend's so excited to be friends with a lesbian. <laughs> like, like, so the friend is straight, but thinks Britta's... So they each think each other are lesbians, and they're only hanging out with each other for lesbians. <laughs> and then finally, they both realize that they're not lesbians and they get all angry at each other. And the one girl says to Britta, which is my favorite line of the show so far, <laughs> I never thought you were cool. I just thought you were a lesbian. And she storms <laughs> off. No. <laughs> anyway, I feel like this was, uh, yeah, Karma just decides she probably moved in. She probably moved in with these two lesbians. And the two lesbians are like, mm-hmm. they're probably looking at each other like, she mm-hmm. totally, she totally is on our side. She's a friend of Dorothy. But I bet you, you know what happens? I Do you think Karma broke that couple up? Do you think she had an affair with one of them? Definitely. I think, I think it started where she started possessing each of them while they were having yeah. sex. She wanted to have sex, but like not actually have sex. Yeah, she so wanted she to would, experience she it. She would possess yeah. one of them. And then they started to catch on. And then she fell yeah. in love with one. And then they were like, you know what? You you fucked up our relationship. Get out. And then she's yeah. like, now I'm going to get out. And she's I'm gonna, like, I'm going to dye my hair pink. I'm going to dye my hair pink. And I'm going to live my life as I want. Not just for my stupid brother and sister. Are they? Where are they? Um, oh, that God. I, I was afraid you were going to ask me that question. Um I think they're fine. <laughs> I think they were mentioned know. in um, Matthew Rosenberg's They're always run. going missing. I think they were mentioned in Matthew Rosenberg's run when Karma was like, I don't want to be an X-Man. I just want to like live my life. But yeah, yeah. But Karma's really never gotten a healthy relationship storyline, right? There's always every once in a while. It's like, like in the New Mutants, where it was New Mutants and then it became New X-Men, that whole story where she was the teacher... There's a thing where she mentions that she just broke up with her girlfriend, but they never show the relationship. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's all like, yeah. I've had girlfriends, I'm living with a lesbian couple, but they never show her. Like, even when she was part of Astonishing X-Men, North Star was the one that got all the gay relationships. Karma was just like, great, I just have no leg. <laughs> oh, you get to have a boyfriend and get married? Give the lesbian a bionic leg. Thanks. Right. You got a husband, I have a, a metal leg. Thanks. <laughs> also, if I was Karma, I would fucking slit my throat at Krakoa and be like, can I have my leg back? I want to have a fucking leg. Can I have my leg? And my skin is still loose from the shadow Oh, paint. yeah, she probably has tons of stretch marks. Oh, fuck that. I would, slit, I would just walk up in front of Storm and just fucking slit my throat. <laughs> just possess somebody to kill you. <laughs> oh, my God. That would be hilarious. Yeah, possess someone that you, like, want to be sent into the... Well, I guess you can't... It's not an automatic... Um, where do they get sent? Like, where did Sabretooth get sent in the depths of Krakoa? The bowels. But you don't get sent there just because you kill a mutant. You I have mean, to you kill. probably do. Well, no, I think because there, there isn't a law against killing mutants. There's only a law against killing humans. Mm. Anyway, karma. Karma, can we give karma like a real relationship, please? Yeah. Also, learn to use her powers, right? Some people, because sometimes they write her as if she's like telepathic. And other times they write her where she can like ride along with people. And other times she just only fully possesses people. I prefer her as only like a body jumper. Yeah, yeah, that's what I and I feel that there's so many. I feel like can you? Ma- oh, here's a cool thing. Can you imagine if Karma and Madrox were on a mission together? Oh, that'd be fun. Like he could make some dupes, and she could just take turns possessing them. Yeah, that'd be fun. Yeah, I mean, there's so much. Like, come on, come on, come there's on. There's so much to do. But they didn't get. She's like hasn't got her due, and she's like Vietnamese. Like she's a different race. Like I, I feel like there's so much depth there that people are like just ignoring. Although it's weird. Like people, she originally was. A lot of her history was from the Vietnam War, but I guess now because she's only supposed really, to be like 25, that doesn't really yeah. make sense anymore. Yeah. There are other lesbians out there too. 
Um, this bling. Bling, who is awful. Why, like, let's... Poor Bling and Anole, the two young gays. Let's have a yeah, where, like, no. where, where, where you're, you look where no one's going to want to have sex with you. Yeah. Yeah, Bling is the like, body is like a, a, a... What is she made of? Diamond? Diamond. Maybe. Maybe it's like Rocky and there's like only so much diamond. I think it's diamond, though. All diamond. Yeah. I wonder, yeah, but sucks. then how does that work of like... Is, she, is her body all hard? Does it... Like, what's her vagina like? I don't know. Can she feel pleasure? It's First of all, it's priceless. <laughs> so, before you get to coming for her vagina, just know it's price, priceless. <laughs> but is that... Is that it? <laughs> no, I would say there is... There's another ex-lesbian. I, I would say the X-Men probably have a, 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 a lesbian more prominent than any of the characters we discussed so far. More iconic, even more iconic, a more iconic lesbian than um, Mystique and Destiny. Who? We're talking about Kitty Pride. Kitty Pride, Pussy Pride. Yes, <laughs> yes, Kate Pride. I'm sorry, Kate Pride. Kate Pride... You're a lesbian girl. Honey, you gay girl. <laughs> Honey, <laughs> Kitty, you a lesbian girl. I was sending, right. yes, we, okay, as you said, I said previously when we were talking about Iceman looking back, I you can, you can go back with any character and make claims that they are gay. So we're going to fucking do that with Kitty Pride. We yeah, now but she say, makes it easy. Yeah, we're now going to say that Kitty Pride is gay. Oh, I mean, maybe we could say bisexual because she does dick down with a lot of Oh, dudes. sure. Whatever. Because she has fully, unlike Iceman, she has had a penis in her. She definitely has had a penis in her and through her. And through Also, her. probably. Um, but it is, but I mean, it's fully written that she has had at least... Um, Star Lords, Colossuses, and Pete Wisdom's penis inside of her. Yes. That being said, she doesn't. All of her relationships, other Colossus might be the most intense, but I also feel it's because she was fucking thirteen, and he was an adult when it started. So that one might yeah. be a little. And he came back to life, so I think she was feeling a lot of guilt and confusion. But all of the other relationships were very combative and almost like yeah, she was not trying very... to prove something. Yeah, there was she really no deep guys, emotional connection. She always liked guys that like questioned her. Or there was someone yes. like Doug Ramsey where she's like, I think I might love Doug Ramsey, but she doesn't act on it. Instead, she's like, I think I love you, Doug. Oh, wait, let me go hang out with my roommate, Ileana. Right. Ileana right, Rasputin. Right, right. Yeah, Ileana Rasputin, who early in like X, like around the one eighties in X Men, um, Kitty sure did tickle Ileana so much that they phased through the bed. When did that happen? Is that a New Mutants it's or X Men? X Men. They had a tickle fight, and she phased through the yeah. bed. <gasps> yeah, Ileana's like Kitty, you're making us phase through the bed. Stop. Oh my god. You're getting too close to my vagina. Stop. She's t- diddling her skittle. I'm getting too close to my nipple. <laughs> Um, yeah, there's that. There's when Storm unveiled her, her mohawk look, her punk look in X-Men 173, Uncanny 173. Kitty freaks the fuck out yeah. for, like, issues. Yeah. Until Storm sweeps her up in the air. I read this issue. And, and she's like, what is your fucking problem? She's like, she's like oh, I just think of you as a mom. That's all. And she's okay. like, she's like, well, guess what? I'm my own fucking person, too. Am I allowed, allowed to have my own fucking life? Like, Storm fucking reads her to filth. And then Kitty's yeah, like, and I'm Kitty's sorry. Like, <laughs> she's like, you just look dykey, okay? You look like a dyke and then people are going to know about us. <laughs> yeah, Kitty can't handle Storm looking no. like a lesbian. And then she, she tickles Ileana until they phase. Then... Then, she gets Ileana's soul sword after the Beyonder kills the new mutants around Uncanny X-Men 203. And also, wait a minute. Can we talk about starting it around X-Men 190? Kitty Pride gets permed mullet haircut. 
Per- per- mullet. Mullet. Lesbian. 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 Also Chic. goes becomes a ninja master with all the boys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Lesbian. Lesbian. The Beyonder erases the New Mutants from existence. Lesbian. Nobody even <laughs> remembers they exist except for Kitty. Kitty remembers Ileana. Yeah, her vagina remembers. And you know who her uh, roommate was after Ileana? Rachel? Rachel. Remember, was all like, oh, Rachel. And then they were all best friends. And then they had that super close bond and relationship, which extended all the way to Excalibur, where then her crush was that guy Alistair. But guess what? He didn't even like her. He was with Rachel. So was she really jealous of uh, Rachel being with Alistair? Right. Or was she jealous of Alistair being with Rachel? So I read an interview with Chris Claremont, I believe, yeah. on Jay and Miles Explain the X-Men and he last was like, year. Lesbian. <laughs> he said his intent was for that the love of Kitty's life to be Rachel. In Excalibur? Overall. Oh intense. He said, I've I always intended Kitty and Rachel to be a thing. I mean, there are moments in Excalibur. Well, Excalibur is the only time I like Rachel is in Excalibur. Um, She's because even after Chris Claremont gets Rachel back in the X-Men and he starts writing again, she becomes this whiny brat like Cyclops is with Emma. Like she's just annoying after that. And I hate her. But in Excalibur, she's just like this kind of free like this wild card, this kind of free spirit, sexy, like soup, like, cause also remember how she was like super skinny and just wore those ugly leg warmers and the X-Men, yeah. but she got to Excalibur and she was like smoking hot and was always yeah. just showing off her boobs. Um, and her mullet. Yeah. I would love it if they were together. That would have been great. Um, when Rachel does come back, uh, she comes back in Uncanny. Well, she comes back in Extreme X Men during the whole Elias Bogan, yeah, uh, storyline. Um, when she comes back in Uncanny X Men, she walks in on Kitty and Peter together, and was like, she's in such a good mood. She's like, I can't wait to see Kit. Oh, yeah. Oh, hi, hi. Wasn't she like in and disguise? Like, Why are you so upset? Wasn't she like a ninja? Or like they didn't like there was. Oh, she was like all black. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 Um. um Oh, yeah. She loved it. But then before we get to that, in between, at the end of Excalibur, Colossus comes back to the group. But she's not interested in Colossus anymore. Doug Ramsey as Doug Lock is back in the group, but she's not interested in him anymore. No. More statutory rape a-coming. She goes with Pete Wisdom. Her and Pete Wisdom have a thing. To the point where, was it Scott Lobdell writing it? Where he did not realize that she was only 15? Uh. And so they had to age her three years and specifically say that she was 18 now, even though only a few months had passed time-wise from her turning 15 in Excalibur. Yeah, 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 yeah. Didn't she try to go to a college before that? Like, she had a few issues of Excalibur that took place at, like, a school for girls. That was a high school. Hello. Oh, it was a high school. Yeah. That was the high school girls from Heck. Oh, well, wait, 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 wait. Speaking of Excalibur... Way earlier than this, around the like 30, where the cross time caper is coming to an end, she makes it back to Earth first. Oh, yes, this is the Um, the one actual affair, lesbian affair, that did happen. What we know of (laughs) with Saturnine, aka Courtney Ross. Yeah, Courtney Ross had sex with Kitty Pride. All right, let's talk about this against her will. Possibly. <laughs> I was I was taking pictures and just sending them to Brett. Like, what? Like, these pictures taken out of context is basically Courtney Ross plotting the rape of Kitty Pride. Saturnine, like, she, she first sees Kitty when Kitty makes it back home to Earth. She falls asleep on a bed, like, butt in the air, and Saturnine creeps in. She's like, I've got plans for that butt. I'm gonna make it mine. Like, she I'm literally gonna says, I'm gonna mine. make it mine. Like, she's looking at Kitty Pride's butt and says, I'm going to make you mine. 
lesbian. <laughs> and then she's like, all right, time to Courtney Ross it up. Oh, hi, I'm Brian's ex-girlfriend, Courtney Ross, not Saturnine. I'm going to sit on your bed with a birthday cake and wish you happy birthday. And then what happens? I'm going to scoop some icing and stick my finger in your mouth for you to suck the icing off. Lesbian. And then I'm going to take you shopping to fancy dinners, driving around in a convertible. I'm going to dress you up, make you look older. It's all about how, like, no, tonight you're an adult. I'm going to yeah. give you a night of an adult. We're going to drink. We're, We're going to drink, drink champagne. We're going to get you drunk. There's one part, and I reread this again, and the part where she's like, what kind of champagne do you want? And Kitty just goes, um, earring, pendant, <laughs> Because she's pointing to her earring. Yeah, yeah. And she goes crystal, and he's like, excellent choice. I'm like, that is the dumbest thing ever. Right. And what was he thinking during earring? Pendant? Um, yeah, it's in, it's um, definitely a lesbian love affair. That ha- It's like a lesbian weekend. They have a lesbian weekend together. Even when she goes to the high school, she's like spying on her through binoculars through the high, at the high school. But then I don't think any of this ever goes anywhere. It does. I don't think... Where, what what was what was Saturnine's intent the entire time? Her intent was to make her one of her soldiers, and that comes when Betsy, when Betsy shows up, because now they're at this is post when Rachel leaves. Rachel is catatonic, and the Phoenix flies off with her after they battle yeah. Necrom, and the lighthouses are all blown up, so they have to move into the Braddock Manor, and Betsy comes to visit. And while Betsy visits, it turns out that ja- that Saturnine has gotten Jamie, and Saturnine and Jamie attack everybody, and that's when finally it's revealed that she was Saturnine all the time. And her and Kitty have a moment where she was like, "You fucking bitch! I trusted you. We were friends. And how could you do this? You betrayed me." Like there's a whole moment and that's when Kitty, it ends with Kitty taking a gun and then just shooting Saturnine in the chest. But being like, I know, like, I know that these are just uh, tranquilizers, not real bullets. Like Kitty was betrayed because Saturnine ate her pussy and it was her first real splash in the waters of lesbianism. And it turns out she was just evil. She got Iceman Mystique. It was her first real orgasm. Yeah, she got Iceman Mystique. His first like, oh, maybe I can be straight. Yeah, sure, she grew a dick in the middle of it, but maybe I can be straight with Mystique. Nope, she was evil. She grew a dick in the middle of it. If I had a nickel. Um, so, okay, so I brought up a limited series pre-show to you. Okay. Um, and I was hoping you had not read it. I was hoping you weren't that familiar with it. I do remember it. Mechanics. What is a six this? Six issue limited series by Chris Claremont. When did this come out? What year? So this what is around period? the time Extreme X Men is happening. So this is like okay. two thousand and three. Okay. So Chris Claremont does a six issue limited series about Kitty leaving the life, moving to back to Chicago. Oh yeah, and she like goes to school, and she goes to college. Yeah. And it's called Mechanics because she's part of this engineering class and, like, they have these mach- this machinery that goes crazy and, like, almost blows up the, sh- the city. And a lot of it is her running from and fighting the wild sentinels that Cassandra Nova had created. So a lot like the sentinel that destroyed Genosha, only, like, miniaturized. Okay. So... While she's there, she's working as a bartender in this gay guy's bar. And even it's very, he's clearly gay. It's very coded. Um, He's not out, but he meets one of Kitty's male friends and he's like, hello. Is it a gay bar? No. Okay. Maybe. It's called Bells of Hell, like Southern Bell. (laughs) That's Um, a (laughs) So Kitty is bartending and all of a sudden... One of her old friends shows up and is like, ooh, hi, Kitty. And Kitty's like, oh, my God. Karma, what are you doing here? And she's like, I live here with my little brother and sister. Trying to make ends meet. Want to diddle our clips together? Let's go home and scissor. <laughs> so they so they hang out and, and, like, you know, there's talk like Kitty likes this boy, doesn't like this boy, whatever. But... Like, Karma is very much, the like, the love interest character. Really? So they're on the run. 
So issue five. Issue five. They are on the run. From the Sentinel. From the Sentinel. Yes. They're on a, like a construction site at night. Okay. And they're on the run. And, I mean, Shan's power's useless against this thing. Yeah, she so can't it's possess pretty a much robot. just Kitty. Right. So it's Kitty pretty much just saving Shan on the run from this thing. So they have a moment where, like, rubble happens and Kitty, like, dives and tackles Shan, saves her life. And they're on top of each other with all this rubble falling down around them and the Sentinel, like, right behind them. Kitty says, Shan, I, I, I don't... It, I don't know what it is. I'm just so happy to hear you laugh. I know I should be scared right now, but I'm not because I'm happy to hear you laugh. Why was Shan then, laughing? Because Kitty like made some joke. Oh, okay. And then the caption, which is Kitty's inner monologue, says, For that precious moment, things are moving in a direction I never imagined. We both forget how much trouble we're still in. And the panel is Kitty and Karma about to kiss what yes i do not even know about this claremont made it canon and then it was decidedly ignored claremont always wanted her to be a lesbian yep that's so crazy ignored is it called mechanics with an x uh, like N-I-X? No, an X at the end. It's not in Marvel uh, the Marvel Unlimited. Uh, because they want it burned. <sighs> I need to read this. Well, so it looks like clearly Kitty explored Kitty... consensual lesbianism. <laughs> yeah, Kitty Pride is queer. With karma. Right. Um, <laughs> After, right. After her run-in with Saturnine. Yeah, and then um, and then she tries to, and then she decides to, like, date a gay guy, Iceman. And then she's like, I can't handle any of this. I'm going to go out into, I'm, no, then she gets with Colossus before that. And that's all just reliving old. That's the other thing is how, how problematic is, how old is Colossus when he starts macking on a 13-year-old? Too old. But was he still a teenager? Was he like 19? I mean, did you ever really think of Colossus as being like 16? No, right? He was always like older. But I feel like he's like 19. Sure. But it's still gross. It's still gross. And then not only that, he then fucks another girl in Secret Wars. And then is like, (laughs) I don't fucking love you anymore. And then he just ups and dies. And then she gets back together with him. Then he goes all crazy with the Phoenix Force. And then they decide to get back. Why do they get back together again? Ugh. But when they do, Ileana's like, listen, don't marry him. And she doesn't. Because she was like, maybe Ileana still loves me. Because, well, I got something about Ileana. So I'm going to cut to... All new X-Men number 25, Bendis. Uh-huh. It's a milestone issue. It's... Do you remember the conversation? It, the whole thing is Beast in his bed at night and he can't sleep. And there's somebody in his room in shadow talking to him. And the person talking to him is painting all these different futures um, of Beast's actions. Uh-huh. And it's all like different artists doing splash pages that depict different futures. One of them is a future where the X-Men are, quote, and by the way, the person in Beast's room turns out to be the Watcher at the end. Mm-hmm. And he delivers that, that line. I'm the Watcher, Henry McCoy, and you disgust me. <laughs> um, one of them is a future where the X-Men are, quote, free to live and free to love. And the whole page is kind of a splash page montage of two kind of heavy metal, like the animated movie, fantasy, like warrior women yeah. in bikinis, killing monsters together, um, posing on top of each other, holding hands in bikinis, running through the ocean together. So straight men lesbianism. <laughs> straight men lesbianism. And it's Kitty and Ileana. 
Yum. Some real straight man lesbianism. Lesbianism. Hot. Lesbianism. Um, yeah, so, so even when it came down to brass tacks, Ileana was able to convince her to leave her man, leaving Colossus devastated. Right. And now that leads us to who is Kitty now? Kitty is a fucking tomboy pirate with a broken nose, a black eye, drinking whiskey, and kicking ass. And also... Fuck men. And then she's like, me and Emma, fuck men. We don't fucking need men anymore. Men can go fuck themselves. Emma, who kisses me on the cheek and, like, walks around in her underwear in front of me. I mean, I know that was Callista, but still. I'm sure Emma did it off camera. Yeah, yeah. But, like, they've got a very kind of physical, sexual relationship, the two of them. So here's what I would... Go ahead. It's hard not to have a sexual relationship with Emma, but... Of course. Of course. But here's the thing with Emma... Emma loves Dick. So I don't think she would get with Kitty. Oh, I think Emma would loves kissing other women. That's the thing is Emma would like make out with you. In yeah. a, like after she had a few too many martinis. But then when Kitty's like, let me eat you out. She's like, oh, no, darling, I'm going to go get fucked by Cyclops. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think yeah, she's like one probably, of those. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so, too. But here's the deal. This is what I want to happen. Kitty is dead. And they can't resurrect her. Clearly, they're going to bring her back. Like, she's going to be brought back. I think when she is brought back, I would like for her to have a come-to-Jesus moment. And she's like, now that I'm alive and I get to live my life, I'm going to live my life the way I want. I'm a lesbian. (laughs) I'm a lesbian. Lesbian. Have you seen that TikTok video of Sarah Paulson yes. on the on video with Kate Blanchett? Kate Blanchett's like, I'm a lesbian. And Sarah Paulson says, You're a lesbian. Sarah Paulson's talking about how CBD oil is, is helping prevent corona. Yeah. And all, and all of a sudden it's Kate Blanchett, I'm a lesbian. What you're a lesbian? <laughs> I've watched that video on loop. Like I know. I, I, yeah, times. it's so funny. Have you seen their interview like their uh Ocean's Eight Today Show interview? No. Look it up. Kate Blanchett, Sarah Paulson, Today Show interview off the rails. They apparently were drinking the wine that Kathy Lee Gifford or whatever <laughs> them have. They're both drunk off their ass. I have to. You have to watch it. They're drunk and they <laughs> won't let the interview. The interview is just crying laughing because they're just like being like, oh, yeah, I hate her. She's a bitch. She's a bitch. Well, she won an I won an Oscar. She only won an Emmy. She only won an Emmy. Oh, yeah. Well, well, oh, well, well, you didn't get the Emmy. Oh, you were just nominated for one. You lost. Like, they were just reading each other for filth and not letting uh, the interview answer any questions. It's hilarious. I'll send you a link. It, honestly, if I was a lesbian, I would be my Blanchett. ultimate sexiest is Kate Blanchett yeah. during the Ocean's 8 era, like, especially in the movie. It does not get sexier oh. than that. And then she had to rue it. What was that awful movie that came out recently? Like, what's up with Paulette? Or oh, what happened Bernadette? to Bern- Where'd you go, Where'd you go Bern- Bernadette? Where'd you go, yeah. Bernadette? That looks like garbage. Yeah. Did you ever see Carol? Yeah. Lesbian. I haven't seen it, but I just watched. What? I watched. Um, Back off. Sarah Paulson watched... and Kate Blanchett. Oh, Sarah Paulson's in it. Oh yeah. Oh my god, I just watched the ending is my point. I was like, I'm on a BuzzFeed listicle of like the 25 best movie endings, and it was one of them. Carol? <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a good They end. just look, I don't know. I don't know, let's not go nuts. I don't know if that's the best ending ever. But I'm a lesbian. I'm a lesbian. <laughs> <laughs> I remember. I am a lesbian. We used to me and my one friend. I used to do speech and debate, and me and my one friend did duo interpretation, where we would both of us would perform a play and compete against other people doing ten minute excerpts of plays. And there, I don't even remember what play it was, but these I two, did that shit. But these two bad actresses were doing some lesbian play, and I don't remember the name of the play. I don't remember who wrote it. I do, all I remember is uh, me and my partner just making fun of them because it would just be like, "Mom, I'm a lesbian, but <laughs> I thought she wanted to have children." Like. <laughs> 
And I just I remember do, us, Mom. like, we just kept making fun of their bad acting the whole entire time. Oh. <sighs> Those things, it was always someone doing The Odd Couple, someone doing Night Mother, and then me, I did Bent. You ever read Bent? No. That's, uh, it was Richard Gere where he got his start. It's uh, two gays in a concentration camp. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, so we were like, oh, you're going to do The Odd Couple? We're going to talk about gay people being forced to have sex with dead bodies. <gasps> I won first place my sophomore year because we did Atticus Finch interrogating Mayella Ewell oh, on the stand nice. in To Kill a Mockingbird. I won uh, number one in the state when I did I did Children of a Lesser God and memorized <gasps> the sign language. Did you use ASL? Yeah, yeah. Oh my God. I did the sign language and I did like the, the last like fight scene between Marley Matlin and William Hurt. <laughs> that oh, was funny God. where someone's like, I'm doing the odd couple. And then I'm like, I'm going to fucking do sign language. And it was like, fuck oh, off you. <laughs> someone always did. Um... Oh God, there was. The same monologue over and over. It was all about like being abused by one's parents and like the blue flame and oh, I can't remember what it is. And someone always did fences too. Anyway, yeah. and Agnes of God. Oh, Agnes of God. Yeah, that too. Bullshit. Anyway, I I miss those days. I loved competitive acting. It was Me too. Like doing I loved the Oscars it because you would you would act and then that the end of the day they would they would give you awards uh, like the Oscars. They would call you out. My director, Sandra Van Dyke, once on a bus Dyke? ride I'm on sorry, the way. I'm sorry, Sandra Van Dyke. <laughs> Thank you. It all comes full circle. <laughs> on the bus ride on the way to a competition, she threw a book of monologues at me and said, "Brett, rem- memorize this monologue. You're gonna, you're gonna do it." And I was like, oh, "I can't memorize this in like an hour." And I memorized it, and I won fourth place. <laughs> That's amazing. I love it. I love it. So listen, Rachel was always intended to be Kitty's true love. So come on, it, Hickman, if you're listening to this, or wait, who's writing Marauders? Jerry Duggan. He's going to do it. Jerry He's Duggan. Gonna do it. He's going to go there. Come on. You, you've you already started. I have faith. You've started it. Let's finish it. I have faith. He's going to do it. And all I know is I want Kitty drunk and tongue deep in some girl's poon. I'm saying it's- six months. It's the bisexual ship. Iceman, Pyro, they're all bi's, uh, gays and bi's. And but that's not the gay Pyro. Storm. Oh, I, but I bet he'll come out too. I bet. He's never had a female love interest. He writes novels. He writes mystery novels. And he's British, so it's always hard to tell. I think he's Australian. He's Australian? Well, same difference. No, I'm just kidding. Don't read me for that. Don't cancel me. Um... I, well, who, who, okay, so let's end this with who should Kitty be with? Because Karma. Karma. Okay. First, they had that moment. She needs a leg. Um, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. Kitty deserves a girl with a leg, with two legs. No, I'm kidding. Um, Karma, that's the thing is Karma, they just haven't done anything interesting with her. The same thing with Rachel is now gross, so I don't want her to be with Rachel. Honestly, the person that I think I'd want her to be with is Magic. Oh, absolutely. Oh, my God. That's why Ileana was like, don't marry my brother. And also, can you imagine Colossus finding out that your ex-fiance and love of your life that you still aren't over is now eating out your sister? I love ah, that. ah, that's why Colossus and Magic need to be added to the Marauders team to add with that delicious tension. Ooh, yeah. <sighs> Brett, next week, comics are coming. Isn't Marauders coming Marauders out Marauders is week? back. Ah! Oh my God, did you see the preview? No, there's a preview already? Is Kitty yes, alive? Yes, girl! Is Kitty back? No, not yet, no. <laughs> no, they go after the um, power dampening equipment, the Russia, they go after that technology. Oh good, I was so annoyed by that. Storm goes to Forge, and she's like, um, uh, a lot of people are using your tech. Oh, oh, it's based off of his that depowered her. Yes. Oh, so she's like, um, remember that, you little piece of shit? <laughs> mm-hmm. What number is Can't it? Can't wait. Ten. Oh, my God. Well, I feel we did lesbians justice. I think we did. I mean, as best as you and I can do. Yeah. And granted, you know, 
would we, is this as good as if two lesbians were talking about not it? even of, close of course not but you know what we, we, we're trying and let's right. let's lesbian we're gaying up uh the marvel uh x-men world let's 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 dike it up too that's right all right well i guess we're done okay we nothing else to say. That, that, that's fantastic <laughs> Oh my oh, god. Can we, All right, end, well, can we end instead of yes. queer? Can we say lesbian? Yes. Okay. So guys, please follow us, subscribe to us, whether it's Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to us. Like us, please write a review. Uh is the is the is the contest still going on? Yes, please make a donation um to the Books Industry Charitable Foundation. That's uh, bink.org. Um, once you do, you can send us a confirmation about your donation and we will give you one of several treats that we have established. You can send that to cbqbrett at gmail.com or at the comic book queers Twitter DM hole. Ah, and speaking of holes, just remember, if you read comics... Well, then that makes you a lesbian. Bye. Bye. Hi, I'm fucking evil Jeff and shit.